Good morning, Winners Church. Welcome to Winners Worship Express. This is our time when we just get into the word this summer. We're going to be here for about 45 minutes and then you can get out and enjoy the rest of your day. I just want to let you know, guys, I love you. I'm excited about being a pastor. I'm excited about this season that we're in. We're almost back to the in-person services that's going to happen September 18th. So I want you to get ready. Prepare your heart. Don't be afraid. We're going to gather. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. We're going to hear the word. We're going to receive the blessings from the Father. So I want you to get the word out that we're coming back in September. But until then... I want you guys to continue to watch every Sunday. I know the beach is calling you. I know the good weather is calling you. But make sure that you are watching church on Sunday or sometime during the week. Watch the broadcast each week. I prefer you to do it on Sunday so you can get into the habit of being in church on Sunday via online. All right? But I love you. I want to thank all of you who have been sowing and giving into Winners Church. You are making it happen. I'm calling all of you summer sowers. And I believe that your generosity is not going to stop. Don't take all your money to Disneyland or Disney World. Don't take all your money to Ocean City in Maryland. You know, I want you to sow into the Lord's work. Give to Jesus first. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom. So you give to the kingdom first, and then you spend your money on the other things that you need to do. All right? I just want to let you know that you are amazing people. I love you, and I'm blessed to be your pastor. All right, we're going to get into this word. And this word today is about your words and about prophesying to your future. You and I have been given the ability by God to shape our future by our words. To what? Shape our future by our words. You have the authority and the power to bend reality the way you want it. Some people don't believe that, but it's true. Just, just, just look at the negative words people say, the negative prophecies people speak over their lives and their future. And doesn't it come to pass? Well, how come is such a big deal for some people that when the Bible says we can speak positive things over our lives and over our future, that it comes to pass? Because you know why? People are bent negatively. The devil and the religious spirits are there to enforce the negative and not the positive. But I'm here to let you know this morning that you have the power to prophesy to your future. You have the power to shape your reality, to shape your future in the way that you want it to be. The first story I'm going to give you is an amazing story from the Bible found in 2 Kings. And this is a story of a woman called the Shunammite woman. She's from a small village in Israel that the prophet Elisha would frequent. Many times he'd pass by on his journeyings through this small village. And the Bible says that he would go in and have dinner with her and her husband. He would turn in. So one day after having dinner with them, the um, Shunammite woman, who the Bible says was a notable woman, that means she had wealth, she was a prominent woman of that village, said to her husband, listen, let's build an upper uh, a room for him on the, on the wall, an upper room for him, and let's put a bed in there, let's put a, um, a lampstand, 
and a desk and a chair. So when the prophet comes, he cannot just have dinner with us. He can actually stay with us and stay here. And so uh, her husband agreed, and that upper room was built. And the Bible says that he came again, and not only did he have dinner with them, he actually stayed in the place. And he was so overwhelmed and moved by this kind of hospitality and this kind of kindness and generosity to him as a prophet that he said to his servant Gehazi, he said, what can we do for this lady? She's been so generous to us, so good to us. What can be done for her? He said, go call her and ask her. So Gehazi goes, calls the woman, and he says to the woman, um, the prophet Elijah wants to know, um, what can he do for you? Can he speak to the, to the king for you or the commander of the army? Like, what do you want him to do for you? She says, no, I dwell among my own people. In other words, I don't need him to speak to the king or the commander of the army for me or to move me to a different place and to give me something. No, I'm going to stay right here in this small village doing what I do. And so Elisha um, doesn't give up. <laughs> you know, when you bless the prophet, the prophetic comes strong. And so he says to Gehazi, he said, what do you think we could do for this woman? And then his servant says, listen, I noticed that she doesn't have a son and her husband is old. Ah, right there, the prophet knew. And the word of, and the, word of the Lord came and the blessing came and said, go call her to me. And she came, the Bible says, and stood in the doorway of his um, room. And he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Whoa, come on now. Hallelujah. When you sow into a man of God, you release the power of the prophetic in your life. And so um, <laughs> she was so overwhelmed. She says, not so, my Lord. Okay, we knew she wasn't in faith. <laughs> and she said, do, man of God, do not deceive me. She was so overwhelmed because the prophetic tapped into the secret of her heart. She wanted a child. The money wasn't enough. The husband was great, but he wasn't enough. She wanted a son. All the land and the beautiful house she had wasn't enough. She wanted to embrace a son. And the prophetic direct came right after that desire. And guess what? About that next time, a son was born. Glory be to God. That's a real prophet when he says it and it comes to pass. And so the Bible says this child grew and one day he went to his dad and his, um, he said, dad, my head, my head. And he said, okay, he knew something was wrong. So he told one of the servants, take him to his mom. And so he went to his mom and the Bible says that he laid on her lap and he died. This prophetic promise died. This gift from the Lord died. This blessing from heaven no longer existed. What did she do? She didn't start crying. She didn't start moaning. She didn't start weeping. The Bible says she got up, took the dead child, to the prophet's room and laid him on the bed. Smart move. And she, had, and she said to her husband, get one of the guys um, to get a donkey and settle up and take me to, to go see the prophet. 
And her husband says, why are you going to go see the prophet? Is that, is that the new moon or the Sabbath? It's not time for that. You know, he's like, what's going on with you and the prophet? <laughs> no, she was like, listen, just do that. And he did it. And he said, because and, 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 and the husband asked her a question, what's going on? And there's a words that she did. This is the first thing she prophesied to her future. She said, it shall be well. Oh, that's it right there. When something happens, when a tragedy happens, the first thing out your mouth should be, it shall be well. Hallelujah. The New King James says, she said, it is well. Glory be to God. And so she got into the, um, the uh, got on this, this uh, donkey with, 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 the, with the servant. And she said, listen, drive as fast as you can. Go as fast as you can. And don't, not drive, they have cars back then. But go as fast as you can. And don't, and don't go slower unless I tell you. She was in a place of urgency. And when you're in a, a situation that's a tragic or something crazy has happened, it, it is urgent that you go to the Lord. It's urgent that you seek answers from God and that you maintain a positive confession. And so um, the prophet Elisha uh, is at Mount Caramel and he sees her from a distance. And he says to his servant, he says, oh, there goes the Shunammite woman. He says, go and ask her, is it well with you? Is it well with your son? Is it well with your husband? And the servant says to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your son? Is it well with your husband? And she said three times, it is well, it is well, it is well. She didn't change her confession. She didn't prophesy something different. Even though she was in pain, even though she was in agony that her child, her promise had died. And the Bible says she comes to the prophet, she reaches him, and she falls down and grabs his legs. And Gehazi, the servant, tries to go and say, yo, get away from her, what you doing? And the prophet says, leave her alone. She's in deep distress, and I really do not know what's going on. The Lord has hidden this from me and, and, and has not told me what's going on. Why did God do that? I believe that the Lord wanted Elisha to see the pain of this woman. I, I believe God wanted him to, to see this so compassion can come out of his heart. Remember, and when Jesus would do miracles, many times the Bible says he was moved with compassion. You can only move, be moved with compassion when you see the pain of the person who needs a miracle. And so God didn't tell him way ahead of time. No, I want you to see her distress. I want you to see her agony. I want you to see her pain. And he sees it. And then suddenly, she says, didn't I say to you, don't lie to me? And he immediately knows what's wrong. The son has died. And he tells his servant, go ahead of me and lay my stick on her son. And the Gehazi does it. And uh, he comes back and says, nothing happened. It didn't work. The miracle didn't happen. But guess what? Elijah's like, nah, 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 nah. I'm not giving up. We're not giving up. 
And when you need a miracle, I'm telling you, don't give up. When this is about your future and your promise that has died, don't give up. Amen? Hallelujah. We're talking about prophesying to your future and watch what happens. The Bible says that Elijah himself comes and he comes into the room and he lays on the dead child. The Bible says face to face, hand to hand. And he just lays the, well, he says he prays. That means he got instructions from God on what to do. And he lays on the child. And the Bible says the child body grew warm. Elijah gets up and then he paces back and forth. And then he does it again. And the Bible says that the child sneezed seven times. Oh! and he came back to life. My God, my God. The Shunammite woman prophesied to her future and she received her miracle son back alive again. Somebody shout where you at. Somebody give God praise right where you are. That's the kind of God we serve. But what happened? The Shunammite woman maintained a proper confession. She prophesied to her future that it shall be well. And then she said, it is well. And whenever you go through something, whenever you need a miracle, you got to say, it shall be well. And then you have to bring that confession into the present and say, it is well. No matter what anybody says, no matter how it looks like, you got to say, it is well. One of the things I've, I'm, I, I've said to people recently is that whenever you go through a trial, whenever you go through something, you need to say, this will end well. Amen. This will end end well. I know someone in our congregation whose car got stolen and it became a really frustrating experience. And some of the words they were saying was negative. And I told the person, you have to change your confession. You have to declare the favor of God and you have to say, this will end well. The person obeyed. The person listened to their pastor and they began to change their confession and they began to claim the favor of God. And guess what? That whole situation turned around and it worked out in the person's favor. Your words do matter. Jesus said you shall have what you say. And if you say you have a well future, you will have a well future. If you say you have a bad future, you will have a bad future. Watch your words and speak the word of life over your future. Speak the word of life over yourself. Speak the word of life over your family. And good things will happen in Jesus' name. So the Shunammite woman received her dream, resurrected, raised back to life because she prophesied the right thing to her future. It is well. The second person that I want to talk to you about is another woman, another nameless woman. And she's called the woman with the issue of blood. In the more modern translations, she's the woman with the, with the flow of blood. That means she kept bleeding from her private area. And the Bible says she was bleeding from a private area for 12 years. Can you imagine a decade and two years being in this condition. And this is what it says um, specifically in Mark 5 that I want you to see. It says, and she suffered many things 
from many physicians. I used to preach this a lot. Then one day I was studying this and ready to minister to it, and I didn't really notice that. And it said she has suffered many things from many physicians. I focused on she has spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. But that first part tells a big story. We don't know what that means. She could have been sexually assaulted. She could have been cut in a place that she didn't need to be cut. You know, doctors are doing that today. She suffered, and let's say a few things, and it had, and suffered many things. And she says, from many physicians, which means that a lot of them messed over her. So she could have been emotionally and mentally drained from all this suffering. She could have easily given up. And people today would have said, listen, she's been through a tragic situation. She's been sexually assaulted. She's been abused. She's been cut up. Why wouldn't she give up? But she didn't give up. She didn't give up. She didn't give up. She didn't count herself out. And I'm calling you in the name of Jesus not to give up, not to count yourself out. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're facing, you stay in there. You hold on in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says, hold fast to your confession of faith. You believe God, you keep saying, I believe God. You know that you're coming out, you keep saying, I'm coming out in Jesus' name. You believe that you're going to be well, you say, I'm going to be well in Jesus' name. This will end well. It is well. Hallelujah. And watch what happened. The Bible says that she heard about Jesus and began to prophesy to her future. And this is what she prophesied. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If only I can touch his clothes, I shall be made well. The Amplified Bible says that she kept saying it. And that's the key to victory in your life. You have to keep saying it. You know, when a, when a person nags somebody, I'm going to say a wife, but <laughs> men nag too, husbands nag too. But you know, when somebody nags somebody, they keep saying the same thing over and over and over. You're like, oh my God, you're so annoying. What's happening? Their words are getting to you. Now, do you know when you do that in the spiritual, your words are getting to the circumstance. Your words are getting to the devil and they have to change. The circumstance has to change. The devil has to back up. So you have to keep saying it. And she said, she about said she kept saying, if I may only touch his clothes, I shall be made well. That's a positive confession. Had she said a negative one, that's what she would have got. Oh, well, I guess this is my plight in life. I'm just going to keep bleeding until I die. And she would have kept bleeding, bleeding until she died. Now, if you are a person who has had a negative confession over your life, over your children, you need to stop it right now. Some of you have said, I'm not good with money. You've said it for decades. And guess what? Today, you're not good with money. Or you said it over someone in your family. Maybe a parent saying it over their child. You can't say that anymore. You have to break that word curse. You have, yes, it's a curse. You have to break that word curse. And so I'm saying, I'm good with money. Even if you don't, even if you're not good with money, you start saying you're good with money and then start reading some books and saying, I'm good with money. I know how to make money. Don't keep saying, I need to make more money. I need to make more money. No, 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 no. That's a faulty word. You gotta start saying, I am good with money. 
I know how to make lots of money. Begin to release those words into your future and you're going to be a money magnet in Jesus' name. I'm good with my money. I save my money. I don't spend all my money. And I earn lots of money in Jesus' name. Come on, come on. Yes, let's speak these blessings over our finances. And when you're getting older, don't say, oh, I had a senior moment. Don't say that if you forgot something, opening the door to Alzheimer's and dementia. No, rebuke that. Say, my memory is blessed. My memory is blessed. I'm having a, a, a great moment. I remember all things. My memory is amazing. Speak that into your future. Declare, I will never have Alzheimer's. I'll never have dementia because by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. My brain functions perfectly in Jesus' name for the rest of my life. I'm clothed in my right mind for the rest of my life. Speak life to your future. Teach your children to speak life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you can't joke here and there, but you have to make sure that your most common words are words of prophecy of blessing into your future. In Jesus' name. And the Bible says that she did it. And instantly, when she touched Jesus' clothes, the hem of his garment, the Bible says she was instantly healed by the power of God. It was so amazing that Jesus said he felt power go out of him. He said, who touched me? I felt power, power come out of me. And the woman trembled, fear and trembling, the Bible says, told him all that happened. And he says, daughter, go in peace. Watch this. Your faith has made you whole. Your what? Your faith has made you whole. Now, Jesus just said power went out of him. He just recognized the healing anointing went out of him and caused her to be healed, but he didn't give the glory to his power. He gave the glory to her faith. Now today, preachers are like, oh, it ain't about faith. It's about the Lord. We know it's about the Lord, but I'm telling you what Jesus said. I don't care what your favorite preacher said. Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. He didn't say my power. It's evident that his power did it. But he's, he's trying to say is that <laughs> the, the catalyst for this miracle was your faith. If you didn't believe, if you didn't say those words you said, you would not have been healed today and all his power would have been here. So he gave glory to the right place. He says, your faith has made you well. And over and over, Jesus would tell people, according to your faith, be it unto you. We have to get back to faith teaching. And tell people that you have the power to shape your future. You have the power to bend reality to the way you want it in the name of Jesus. You are superior to circumstance. Come on. You are kings and priests to God. You're made in the image and the likeness of God. He's given you the power to speak and to change things through the power of your words. Proverbs 18 says, death and life on the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruit of it. Everybody's eating the fruit of the words they speak. If you're eating the good fruit, saying positive words, you're eating good fruit. If you're saying negative words, you're eating bad fruit. If you want some good fruit, <laughs> change your speech. And if you're speaking, and if you're experiencing good things, then I encourage you to keep speaking good things and have more good fruit. And let me tell you something, let me just say this. 
It's not enough not to speak negative. That's a first step. You also have to speak positive. You have to stop speaking negative, but you have to start speaking. Open your mouth. Stop thinking things. Open your mouth and declare your future. Prophesy to your future what you want to see in Jesus' name. Woo! And my last story has a name, and it's a man, and it's a story of David and Goliath. David was this shepherd boy who seemingly didn't matter, but he did. So this is the backdrop. Israel's first king, King Saul, has messed up, entered into rebellion. God says to him, through the prophet, I'm done with you, we're finished. He's like, what? No, no, I'm finished with you. And then he tells the prophet who's grieving over um, God being finished with Saul, he says to him, why are you still crying over this man? I said, I'm finished with him. Stop crying. Get up. I've chosen my, for myself another king. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. I've chosen for myself another one. Oh, my God. There's so many implications to that typology because Jesus is the son of David. We're in Christ. So Jesus is the chosen one. We're chosen ones. And God has chosen us for himself. Oh, I can go into that. But let's stay on the topic. And so he said, I chose for myself another king among the sons of Jesse. Go to his house. And so he says, well, listen, if I do that, Saul's going to find out and kill me. He said, don't worry about it. This is what you're going to do. You're going to say that you're doing a sacrifice. He gave him a whole uh, uh, method about going about this. God is, is more clever than anyone you ever know. All you have to do is go to him for his wisdom. So anyway, so he does what the Lord tells him to do. And he gets these sons and he comes to the first son, you know, good looking, strong. And he says to him, ah, um, oh, yes, the Lord's anointed. Even the prophets can miss it if they're not in the spirit. Everybody who, this is a real prophet and he missed it. And so he says to um, Samuel, no bruh, wrong. He said, this is not the one. And the Lord says to him, he says, do not look on the outward. Don't look on the outward. Because I don't look on the outward. I look at the heart. This is not the one. And then he's in the spirit now. So then all of them pass before him, all seven sons. And he says, no, you ain't the one. No, you ain't the one. No, you ain't the one. <laughs> and he says to the dad, yo, you got another son? He's like, yeah, I got this, this one keeping the sheep over there. He's like, bring him in. We ain't sitting down until this guy comes. And so he comes, and then, whoa! He says, this is the one. And he anoints him as the next king of Israel. And so he's anointed, and, but it's not time for him to rule and reign. But a situation is going on in the kingdom of Israel. The, 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 the children of Israel are fighting against the Philistines. The Philistines has this dope warrior called Goliath, a champion. I mean, he's it. He's the heavyweight champion 
of that region, okay? <laughs> He's 11 feet tall, and nobody is defeating him. And so they're taunting the Israelites day and night for 40 days. And the Bible says that the men, these are warriors, they were fearful and dismayed. That's what scripture says, fearful and dismayed. Have you ever been in a situation that made you fearful and dismayed? Well, this is why this is in the scriptures for you. Because it don't make a difference what it is. I don't care if it's cancer or, 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 or COVID or anything raising its head up and telling you, I will defeat you, I will destroy you. I don't care if it's a bill. I don't care if it's debt. I don't care if it's a family situation with your kids, there's nothing greater than the power of prophecy. Come on, somebody. And so um, David sees this thing going on, and he's like, yo, um, what, 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 what the, what's the king offering for somebody who's going to fight this guy? They say, yo, no more taxes, and he'll give you his daughter as your wife. <laughs> he was like, bet, I like that. And then his brother's like, yo, what are you doing here? Get out of here. And he says, what, what, what did I do now? You know, sibling, his rivalry among the old and the younger. And he said, is there not a cause? I like that. Is there not a cause? And this one else talks to him. And he says the same thing. Is there not a cause? Somebody has to fight this Giant, somebody has to stand up in faith. Somebody has to stop this nonsense from going on. We are the children of Israel. We are the people in covenant with God. And so word gets out that this young man, David, has said these words. And the king calls for him. Now watch what he says to Saul. He begins to prophesy his future and when the Philistine, no, sorry. This is 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 37. After he's been called by the king. And but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. And one of the things you have to do when you're trying to obtain victory, when you're endeavoring to win a battle, you have to talk about your past victories. Everybody has some type of past victory. I don't care how insignificant it may seem, you talk about it, you declare it, and build up yourself. And watch. And then he says in verse 36, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine, he's starting to prophesy now, will be like one of them. He's prophesying to his future. He's shaping his future with his words. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. He had a basis for his prophetic future. And when you're prophesying your future, you're not just saying dumb things. You're saying things based on what God has promised, based on your covenant with the Almighty. But in order for you to prophesy, you have to know your covenant. You have to know what God has promised. You have to know what God has allowed and given you permission to have and to do. And to do that, you have to get into the word. Hallelujah. Moreover, I love this. David didn't stop prophesying. Don't stop. 
David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Whoa, is he not prophesying? Is he not declaring the decree? Come on, somebody. That's what you got to do. The Lord will do this and the Lord will do that. The Lord will make me the head and not the tail in the situation. The Lord will bring me out. The Lord will take me straight to the top. Come on. What will the Lord do? Begin to declare it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The Lord will defeat my enemies before my face. They shall come out against me one way and flee before me seven ways. The Lord will command his blessing upon me in my storehouses. I will not be broke all the days of my life. Money is coming my way. The Lord is blessing me. The angels are working bringing the money in. Woo! Hallelujah. That's what you got to do. Prophesy to your future. Woo! And Saul said to David, go. And the Lord be with you. He was like, all right, bro, you got it. <laughs> he saw that faith. He saw that faith. He was saying, go. The Lord be with you. And you know the story. He gets out on the field with five stones and a sling. And this is what happens in his encounter with, with the Philistine, with Goliath. Verse 42 and when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. Your situation, your circumstance will disdain you. It will mock you. It will say, you ain't going to win. I'm going to defeat you. I'm going to destroy you. I'm not, I'm, you're going to be out for the count. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. Your circumstances, the devil underestimates you. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Your circumstance, your trial, your situation will curse you and say, I've defeated others like you, even Christians. So you're going to lose. But you have to rise up in faith. Rise up in faith and do what David did. And, and, and. And then, and, and then the, the um, Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. So the Philistine is prophesying all these negative things to David. So your enemy, your situation, your circumstance will prophesy to you and say, my man, give up. Girl, stop. It ain't going to work out. But you got to be like David who spoke back to the mountain, who spoke back to the enemy, who spoke back to the giant. And he said this, you come to me with the sword, with the spear, with a javelin. In other words, you got your experience. I get it, bro. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, now he begins to prophesy again. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, whoa, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel. Woo, come on, David. 
Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. In other words, your experience means crap in the eyes of the mighty God. Your experience means nothing when you are standing against the living God. Hallelujah. So this prophecy comes to pass. And he swings that slingshot and that stone. And choo, goes right into the Philistine's head and he falls down. Then he runs and takes his sword, his, the sword of the Philistine, his own sword, and cuts his head off, like he said. And then Israel, the rest of the army rises up, like, woo! And they go and they devour the Philistines. This famous story that has been preached millions of times and will continue to be preached millions of times until Jesus comes back is your story, is my story. If we prophesy to the future, we win. If we stay silent, we suffer in silence. Today, Winners Church and all those who are watching, the choice is yours. What will you do? Will you prophesy to your future or will you stay silent? I believe you're going to prophesy to your future. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! Awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on and rejoice, y'all. Yes. Prophesy to your future. Change your circumstance. Bend reality to the way you want it. Come on, Jesus. I love it. Yo, you to get this word out. Tell all your friends, all your people you know, watch this week's broadcast. I just got a, a, a text from someone who lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who watched, who was on their way to work. I, don't, I think they were listening, listening to my message on you are fully known. I am fully known. And they was like, oh, this is like the best message I've ever heard you preach. And I was like, bruh, this is not the best message I preached. <laughs> it was actually just okay. But for whatever was going on in his life, that was the best message he ever heard me preach. And it blessed them. And, and this particular person sold into our ministry on a monthly basis. Glory be to God. Someone who doesn't even go to our church. He has a church he goes to. He's faithful in his church. He serves in his church. And it's a mega church. But they sow into us because they are blessed by our ministry. And I want to encourage you, who are actually members, who actually have me as your pastor, to sow into this ministry. God is blessing us. God is increasing us. I'm talking about our entire church. People have jobs. People are able to pay their bills. They have homes. They have apartments. They have condos. They have co-ops. They have all kinds of things, cars. You are blessed. And I want you to be a summer sower. I want you to obey the Lord and honor him with the first fruits of your increase. Some people say, I don't even know what tithing is. Very simple for those who don't know. Tithing is 10% of your income. So if you make $1,000, $100 goes to Jesus. And then the Bible says you to give an offering after that, something free from your heart that you want to give. So we call it tithes and offerings. And when you give that money, God promises to bless you, to increase you, Hallelujah. And when the Lord blesses you and the Lord increases you, nothing can stop it. And so I want to encourage you. 
be a summer sower, be a tither, be a giver, and give generously. Ministry doesn't just happen. Like right now, you hear me preaching, but it's an entire setup. Even when we have the band right now, there's an entire setup going on, and that costs money every single week to bring this amazing word to you. And God has blessed you so that you can give a portion back to his kingdom. Seek first, give first to the kingdom. And God will bless you. Right now on the screen is some ways that you can give. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you. If you are a young person in your 20s and 30s, you probably don't want to go through all the online stuff. Yo, go to Cash App. Dollar sign, Winners Church, NYC, give that way. We specifically did the cash up for people who want to just give real fast. Come on. But the rest of you, go online, give by text, or send in your offering by mail like some people do. Or you can bring your money to the church like some people do. Hallelujah. Come to the church office, drop it off. Amen. We need your financial support. And beyond that, we need you to be praying and seeking God. Hallelujah prophesying to the future of Winners Church and seeing God bless us in a great way. Well, thank you, family, for your love. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for all that you have done and all that you are doing. Give today. Give right now in Jesus' name. If you're watching and you're not saved, this is your moment. This is your time. I want you to say this with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. So today I receive you. Say it. So today I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive your forgiveness for my sins. I receive your love and your salvation. In Jesus' name, I've just been born again. In Jesus' name, I am saved. Amen. Woo! If you've done that for the first time, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. You are on your way to heaven. You're just as saved as I am, and Jesus loves you just as much as he loves me. And I'm excited for you. Please let us know that you've done this. Send us your information by text or you can email us and let us know. Pastor Maurice, I got born again. And we'll send you some materials to help you in your walk with God. We'll give you your next steps. God bless you again and welcome to the family of God. Well, family, this is it. It's time to enjoy your your day, I love you, I bless you. In fact, let me just speak some words of blessing over you and then this will be it. Father, I just thank you for your people. I thank you that you're headed upon them for good. I thank you that they're going to their next level, their next dimension. I thank you that their future is bright. I declare that they're blessed coming in. They are blessed going out. There's no curse on their life. I declare that you are taking them further and farther than they could ever go on their own. I declare that whatever trial they may be in, that they may be in, it will end well. I declare 
where that is well in their family, well in their finances, well with their children. It's well in their career. I declare that it's well in their home in Jesus' name. It's well in their marriage. I declare, Father God, that your goodness is overshadowing them and they will experience your goodness on a new level in the Jesus in Jesus' name. I declare an explosion of favor on their life this week in the name of Jesus. Amen. You receive that? God bless you. Have a good day and a good week. Bye-bye.